Okay, we are learning Daf Samaches. We're starting right from the bottom of Samach Zayin. I'm going the last word on the line, Mesve, and just to give us a context of where we are. So we're talking about what the halacha is of sending out Tami people from three camps. So we discussed that the Pasuk says Tami Mes, it says Zav, and it says Mitzar. And we're expanding upon that, that that means Tami Mes has to be sent out of the Machana Shechina, Zav has to be sent even out of the Machana Levir, and Mitzar has to be sent even out of the Machana Yisrael. And we included from the word Vakol. Tommy Mays to include even a Maga Sharetz. And we included from the word Zav that even a Balkari has to be sent outside of two Machanos. So the Gemara had just asked a question from a Brysa, which said that a Balkari is like a Maga Sharetz. So we thought that it means that in terms of how many Machanos they're sent out, if not like what we said. And the Gemara said, no, it's talking about some laws of Tumah, but not about the Machanos. In fact, Balkari is sent out of two Machanos, Maga Sharetz is only sent out of one. So now we're at Mesve, <coughs> right at the top of Samach Aleph, uh, Ahmed Aleph now. Bo Nida Ketami Mesve. It says in the Bride that someone who sleeps with a Nida is equated just like someone who, who came in contact with the Mesve. So Lamai, Klape, what halacha are we talking about when we say that the Bo El Nida is compared to a Tami Mesve? If you say that it's talking about uh, their aspects of their Tumah, that they're both that they're both like their Tami for seven days, well, that's in the Pasuk. It says, someone who sleeps with the Nidah is Tami for seven days, and it says, someone who became Tami Mesve is also right there in the Pasuk that is Tami for seven days. There's the the Bryson wouldn't have to point out what it says in Pesukim. It must be that their machnos are the same. And it's telling you that just as someone who is metame tumas meis is kicked out of the machna shechina, so to someone who is boel anida is only is, is kicked out of only the machna shechina. And with the sefer the machnos so since this end of this mission, which is the same part of the mission that we quoted yesterday, is talking about how many machnos they're kicked out of. So the reisha as well should be talking about the machnos and the reisha as well that said that someone who saw carries like magasharitz must be also coming to say that. Kerry is only sent out of one machna, not like the second machna. So yesterday we were deflecting and saying that the comparison of the Rising Balkari and Magasharis wasn't in regard to how many machnas they're sent out of, but only in regard to the laws of Tumah. But today we're bringing from the end where it says, Bolonito Katami Mace. And clearly that can't be a reference to Tumah because that's explicit in the Torah. So it must be that it's in reference to how many machnos they're sent out of. And if the Seifa is how many machnos they're sent out of, so the beginning of the Mishnah symmetrically as well follows that it's talking about how many machnos they're sent out of. So we end up with a Kasha that it seems to say Balkari's Magasharetz. And we were saying before that Balkari is sent out of even the Machna Levia. So the Gemara responds, media area, did it say it? Did it say black and white that a Balkari is like a Magasharetz? Didn't say that. You're just trying to imply that from the symmetry of the bride. So how could the Esau, how could the Esau? The Reisha could be saying it the way it says it, and the Sefer could be saying it the way that it says it. Meaning the Reisha that said the Balkari is Magasharetz was not talking about how many Machnos the Balkari is banished from. And the Sefer, which is Bonita Kadami Mes, is, and that's not a problem. The Reisha was discussing one thing, the Sefer was discussing another thing. So ultimately, the Gemara has deflected the question, and we can still defend that Balkari is in fact sent out of two Machanos. Okay, so we're up to now, Mesve, six lines down on Samachas. And again, what we're talking about is how many Machanos does the Maka, does, does the Balkari have to be sent out of? We know that Azov is banished not only for the Machanos, but from the Machanos Levia as well. And the question is, where does the Balkari fall in? We made a drush of the whole Zav yesterday, any Zav to include even a Balkari that you sent out of two Machanos, and the Gemara is trying to ask questions on that. So Mesve, it says, Mitzorah Chamer Mizav. It says in a Brisa that, that Mitzorah is more Chamer than a Zav. Right? Mitzorah is sent out of all three camps. Zav is only sent out of two. The Zav, Chamer Mitzami Meis. Allah of Zav is more Chamer than Tami Meis. Why? Because Tami Meis is only sent out of the Machana Shechina. The Zav is sent out of even, even Machana Leviyah. So the language that the Brisa said 
Now, again, it continues and says, is Yotza Balkari. An exception is the Balkari. If you compare him to Tommy Mays, who is more stringent. So what, what, what is the Brysa coming to say? My Yotza. What does that mean to say? Isn't that exactly what the Brysa is coming to say? The Balkari is excluded from the category of Azov. He's different than Azov, who's kicked out of both camps. And he goes into the same category of the Tommy Mays, who's only kicked out of the Machan And what we're saying is the reason why we take him out of Azov and put him into the category of Tommy Mays is because of Tommy Mays, Khamri Menu. Tommy Mays is, is clearly more calmer than Balkari. Tommy Mays is Tommy for seven days, and Balkari is only Tommy for one day. And, and, and still, the Tommy Mays is Motsubin Machan So you make sense to say, Kaba Chomer. That a balkari should also be mutter in the machan alavia. So that's what the price is saying. It's yatsa. What does it mean? Balkari is yatsa. It's yatsa from the category of zav, and it enters into the category of machan eshkina, and into the category of tami meis because tami meis is more chamer than it. So if tami meis can go in to the machan alavia, then we assume that balkari as well can. So this price that contradicts what we were saying earlier. We're trying to say that balkari is treated like it's in the category of zav, and it's kicked out of its banished out of the machan eshkina and the machan alavia. Here we seem to see from the Bryson out that way. So the Gemara responds, low. that's not what the Bryson means. It means, he's excluded from the camp of the Machina Mez, meaning he's excluded from the category of Tommy Mez who's allowed to go Machina Levia. the opposite, just like we said, and it enters into the category of the Zav. Even though it's a strange, ironic thing that comes out, Tommy Mez's Tomah is much more Hummer than Balkari. Tommy Mez is Tommy for seven days and he's Motor Machina Levia. Balkari is only Tommy for one day and he's also Machina Levia. How does that make sense? So we still say, The answer to this is that we compare the one who's Balkari to something which is more similar to him. Azov is more similar to him. In what sense is it more similar to him? Because they're both having emissions that are coming out of their body. So even though it's a different Tumah, Azov is seeing the irregular sort of emission two or three times and is becoming knocked out for a week. Balkari is seeing a regular emission once and is knocked out for a day. But it's more comparable categorically to the to, to the Zav, then to the Tami Mei. So even though it comes out, a funny thing, that Tami Mei, which is a more severe Tumah, is Motor in the Machan and Balkari, which is a less severe Tumah, is also in the Machan so be it. That's what comes out. So the Gemara has totally, has totally defended uh, the Din that we said, that Balkari is kicked out of two camps, and it's because we compare it to the Zav, the whole Zav, it makes more sense to compare it to the Zav, because it's just similar, physically similar to the Zav, as opposed to comparing it to the, to the uh, Tami Mei. Okay, so now the Gemara is going to continue with a bride that's going to give another source that a Balkari sent out of two camps. The first source that we saw is because by Azov it says Bechol. So we compare the Balkari to Azov. So now this bride is going to give another source. So we're looking at the Psukim here. In Parshas Kisesi, and he's talking with the Psukim there, talking about Vayam Kadosh, this idea that when someone sees Balkari, he's supposed to leave. So where is he supposed to? So let's see the Pasuk. First, the Pasuk says, He should go outside the camp. So we say, okay, he has to leave one camp. You maybe only has to leave the Machanashkina. We can't, we can't push more than we see. Maybe he only has to leave the, mo- the holiest of camps. But then the Pasuk adds, He can't enter. He can't come inside of the camp. So the bride says, that's coming to add that he can't even come into the Machna Leviyah. So we're saying a double thing. First it said he leaves Machna, and then it added, so the two phrases, one comes to say kicked out that he's banished from the Machna Shkino, the second phrase comes to say, comes to add that he's banished from the Machna Leviyah as well. However, it's like Ravdimi said that this language of the bride is strange. Even before you brought the Potomac person into the Machna Leviyah, I picked it, you're kicking him out. 
So meaning the Pasuk first says he should go outside the camp. So it implies, I guess we're talking about someone who's in the Machina Shechina. He sees Kerry and we're saying he should leave the camp. So if you leave the camp, where are you going to be right now? So as soon as you leave the camp, you're going to be in the Machina Leviyah, right? The Machina Leviyah used to surround, surround the Machina Shechina. But then it says, Lo Yavel Tocha Machina. He shouldn't enter that camp. And you're saying you shouldn't enter the Machina Leviyah. But first you tell me he leaves the camp and then you say he can't enter the camp. So it's just something is very strange here. We haven't discussed the presence of being in Machina Leviyah. We haven't discussed him being there and already you're kicking him out from allowing to enter. It sounds like a strange thing. It doesn't make sense to interpret the Pasuk to first say he has to leave the Machina Shechina and then say he can't even enter the Machina Leviyah. He's already there. You haven't taken the tummy, which is just, it's just objecting in different words, but it's the same problem. In the Lishnachrina, you haven't taken the tummy person out of the, the, the Machinavia, Ayalte, and you're bringing him in. And meaning to say, if you're trying to tell me, Lo Yavo, that he's not allowed to even come in, so what does that mean? How can the first part of the that you should leave the Machina Shechina and enter into the Machina Leviyah? That doesn't make sense. Then you're going to tell me, Lo Yavo, that he can't even enter into the Machina Leviyah. So either way, the order here is strange. The order and the implication of the Dinam and the Pasuk is he, he has to leave the Machina Shechina and go to the Machina Leviyah. And then the second din is he's not allowed to even enter the Machina Leviyah. That's a very strange sequence in the way that we're darshaning. So if Yislok Varavdimi concludes in the, the way that the Brisa should teach the din a little bit different. Ela Ema. When it says he should go outside the camps to Machna Leviyah, this is reference to the Machna Leviyah, meaning he was in the Machna Leviyah. And when he was in the Machna Leviyah, he sees Kerry. And the Torah is saying he has to leave Michot Samachna. Now, when you're by the Valkari, if Valkari was in the Machna Leviyah, he could either turn right or he could turn left. He could either leave the Machna Leviyah and enter the Machna Shechina or turn left and go to the Machna Yisrael. So the Torah adds, Lo Yavo, El Don't turn closer to the don't turn closer to the Machina Shechina. Don't go inside. So we're talking about a Levi, that someone who's in the Machina Leviyah and sees a Valkyrie. He has to leave that camp. Where should he go? Go to the Machina Yisrael. Lo yavel tocha Machina. He can't go into the Machina Shechina. So at any rate, we now understand how we see from the two phrases that, that the Levi, that the, that the Valkyrie is banished from the Machina Leviyah and the Machina Shechina. Just the question is what the right sequence of which phrase taught which din. So there we see uh, the din, though, that we wanted, that Valkyrie is, is banished from the Machina Leviyah as well. So Maskev Ravina. Why is this a source? Maybe really, Valkyrie is only banished in the Machina Shechina. Ah, you want to know why is it say Yatsa and Lo Yavo? The Tarot says, It's coming to just say that there's a mitzvah to leave and that there's a Losase if, if, if he comes in. So why are we assuming that because it says it again, it's coming to add that he's banished from a second Machina? How do you know? Maybe it's just coming to say there's an essay and a Losase for him to be uh, by the Machina, machina Shechina. So the Gemara says, "Im Cain, if it was just talking about the Machan Shkina, lemei krav yasol michutz manachan velo yavel toch." It's just say, "Let him go michutz machana and now come in." Hamachna lomeli. Why does the Torah repeat the word hamachna? It says it twice. It says. And then by the lav, it says, So it's referring, it sounds like to two different machanos. There's an extra word there. It's coming to give a different machana for him that he was first told to leave the machana levia. And then it's saying, and there's a lav for him to come into the machana shrina. So it's coming to say different camps and it ends up teaching us the halacha that the balkari is banished even from the machana levia. If it was just from the machana shrina and asifiloso say, it wouldn't have said the word hamachana two times. Okay, so now we finally have finished this long tangential sugya about where the Balkari is banished from, the Gemara has defended. So just again, the really quick summary, Tami Mesa is kicked out of Machna Shechina, included in the category of Tami Mesa is Tami Sharitz as well, only kicked out of Machna Shechina. Second category, we have Zav, and we're including Balkari in the category that he's kicked out of Machna Leviya, and the third category is Mitzorah, that they, he, he is kicked out of the third Machna, out of the Machna Yisrael as well, and that, the parallel to that, the Machna Shechina is the Azara, the Harabayas is the Machna Leviya, and the city of Yerushalayim is the Machna Yisrael. 
Okay, we had a machlokas in the Mishnah. Uh, first, we had in the, in the Mishnah that any carbonos that, that are necessary to be done on Shabbos for the carbon Pesach could be, could be, could be nitre, could be, you could push away Shabbos. So we gave an example, the Shechita, the Zerika. Another example was the Michoi Krov. What's the Michoi Krovim? They would, the, so Michoi means like we're going to see the exact little translation of the Gemara, but it means that they would have to squeeze some of the excrement out of, out of the intestines. The intestines have to be eaten. If we wouldn't squeeze the, the, the excrement out right now on Shabbos, it would spoil, it would turn disgusting, and then that night you wouldn't be able to roast and eat the meat effectively. So on Shabbos, you have to, you have to clean out the intestines from the inside. So the Gemara says, what is this term of michoi? Just translate the word. The Gemara wants to know. My michoi kravav. You cut them with a knife and all the liquid comes out. So according to Rav Huna, the word michoi is a reference to something liquidy. And that's the idea. Once you pierce it with a knife, all the liquids come out. No, it's talking about some sort of slimy substance that's inside of the intestines, which only comes out if you scrape it with a knife. So according to him, um, the word michoi refers to something gross. It's not referring, it doesn't mean liquidy, it means the slime itself. So it's just different than the translation of the word. The first opinion of Funa was saying that it means liquid, liquid, liquidy things, and it's not necessarily gross, even though in this context it's being used for gross, but the word means liquidy, and the second opinion of Rav says it means like a slimy substance. So Amar where do we see in scripture that michoi can mean something really gross? If it says here in the Pasuk, and we're talking about a, a vision from Yeshaya about loss of love, what's going to happen? It says that the, the, the homes, the, the ruined homes of the mechim, of the, of the gross ones, which is a reference to the Gaim, will be, will be taken by the Garim. And people who move around, which is a reference to Klai Yisrael. That Klai Yisrael is going to take over, is going to take over the homes of the bad people. So we see there that Mechem is a reference to the bad people. My Mashma, how do we know that? Because that's the, that's the Targum of Yosef. Targum of Yosef. The possessions of the, the wicked people, the Mechem, the gross people. And what's going to happen to them? Tzadik and The righteous people, the Tzadikim, are going to take them over. So we see here that Mechem means gross ones as a reference to wicked people. Okay, now that we mentioned that end of that Pasuk, now we mentioned the beginning of the Pasuk as well. It said in the beginning of the Pasuk, Viro Kvasam Kidabram. The sheep, which is always a reference to Klai, so they're going to graze. Virau, they're going to graze. Kidavram, like is spoken of them. What does that mean? Like was stated by them as the Navi said is going to happen to Klai Yisrael, that's what's going to happen. So, what was it said? Like, what, what was said about Klai Yisrael? What's going to happen to the sheep grazing? It's what the Pasuk is going on, going on to say in the second part. So, meaning the first part says what was said about the sheep will happen, and what is that thing? What the Pasuk continues to say, that the righteous will take over the homes of the wicked. Says the Gemara, if he would say direct continuation without a vav, it would make sense. The good thing that will happen is that Tzadikim will take over the homes of the Risham. But now that it says it with a vav, the second half of the Pasuk is saying a second point. It's a disparate idea. It's not a continuation of the first idea. So we're still looking, what is the first meaning, part of the Pasuk? The first part of the Pasuk says, that the sheep are going to graze according to what was said about them. What was said about the sheep grazing? Ella Amarava, a different interpretation of the first thing about what was said about the sheep. Eventually, who's going to perform Tchiyas Amesim? A very interesting concept that Sadiqim themselves are going to be actively involved in being Machaya the Mesim and reviving the dead. It says about the sheep that they're going to graze like it was said of them. It says over there, Pasuk and Micha, it says that they're going to graze in, in Bashan and Gilad just like they always were. So what does we see here? In that passage it says grace. In this passage it says grace. So what do we see? 
Bashan and Gilad, it says something about grazing. Now, what's Bashan and Gilad? Bashan and Gilad are, are lands. They're in Ever Hayardin. So what, what, what does that mean? So Bashan is Elisha Abamana Bashan. Bashan is a reference to the Navi Elisha because he came from Bashan. It says when it talks about God, Yanani and Shafat were in Bashan. Elisha is the son of Shafat. That Elio poured the water, poured the water in the hands of Elio. Uh, I'm sorry, that Elio poured the water in the hands of Elisha. So what do we see? We see Elisha is from Bashan. So Bashan, we're just going to say, is a reference to Elisha. Gilad, and the term Gilad is Elio. We know Elio is Gilad. He was from the inhabitants of Gilad. So the Xerah Shav is coming to say, Kedambra means what was said about Elisha and Eliyahu Anavi is also going to be said about all of all of the tzaddikim. What was said about Elisha and, 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 and Eliyahu, what we know is that they were able to be Machayim Mesim. That's what we find, that they're great miracles, that they, that they were, they were Machayim Mesim. We know Elisha, Elisha was, able to do, was able to do that crazy miracle with Isha Shunamis of reviving the dead. So what was said about Bashan and Gilad, what was said about the powers of Elisha and, and Eliyahu is now the Xerah Shava of Yeru is being taught over to the sheep in general, to the, to the tzaddikim in general, General, that they also were going, are going to have the power to revive the dead. Says the Gemara Amar, same same thing, just from a different source. We know that Tzadikim themselves are going to be involved in Tchayas Abesim. Shinamar says, Oh, the very famous Pasuk, Oh, Yeshua is again, was again, the old men and old women are going to sit in the streets of Yerushalayim. Everyone's going to be holding his staff because they're so old. So Pashup Shad is everybody's going to be so old, everybody's walking around with canes. But we know about when Elisha was Mechayim Esim, it says, You should put my staff, my cane, on the face of the boy. So we see Elisha used his staff to be Mechayim Esim. So when it says, Isha Meshanto, all the old people, all the old tzaddikim are going to have the, the, the staff. It means that they're going to be using the staff to be Mechayim Esim. Okay, we're talking about Machai Mesa. Now the Gemara continues. It says that death is going to be gone forever. The Pasuk in Yeshaya says there's going to be no more death. But the Pasuk also says, it says the youth will die when he's 100 years old. Meaning if someone dies when he's 100, they'll say, oh, Nebuch, it was a real tragedy. He passed away very young. So it's mashma. People will die, just they're going to die much later. So which one is it? Are people never going to die or are people going to die very, very late? So the Gemara says, can be Yisrael. Jews will never die. The Goyim will die, just they're going to have long life. Says the Gemara, what are the Obdi doing in the world to come? Says the Gemara, strangers will stand up and they're going to work your flock. The people from other places will, will plow your fields and work your vines. So the Goyim are there to serve us. That's the basic idea. By the way, the Olam shouldn't be confused with the world of Neshamas. Olam most we shouldn't understand, is in this world. It's going to be in this world, a different time after Mashiach, different time after the time of Tchiyas HaMesim. It's very confusing. We don't know much about all these times. But Pashas, you see in all these Gemaras, Olam Abba is a world where it's going to be plowing and the Gaim are going to be doing all our work. There won't be death. It sounds like it's going to be a physical reconnection between the soul and the body. That's the world of Olam Abba. Continues the Gemara of Chista Rami, Ksiv, Chafra Alavana, Boshachama. It says the moon's going to be kicked away. So it sounds like that the, the, the sun and the moon won't exist. Ksiv, but another passage says, the, 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 the power of the moon will become like the power of the sun. And the power of the sun will be 49 times more than the light of seven days. So it's mashman that the light will be here, just it's going to be brighter. So which one is it? Is it going to be that the lights won't be necessary anymore because the radiance of the Shekhinah will just light up the world? Or are they going to shine? Which one is it? So the Mars says, In the first passage, it's talking about Lola Maba. Lola Maba, there's not going to be 
any light at all from the from these from the sun and the moon. The second pasuk is talking about Moshe Mashiach, which is a special time. Things are going to change, but not to such an extreme. Says the Gemara, but Shmuel disagrees. Very famous Shmuel. Shmuel says, The only difference between now and Mashiach is going to come, only thing that's different is that people won't oppress the Jews. Everybody's going to recognize the Jews as being special. But in all the miracles and changes that the Nevi'im talk about are all Olam not Yimosa Mashiach. That's Shmuel's big statement. There's not going to be any tra- crazy physical changes in Yimosa Mashiach. So let's say, you know, it says that the lion, you know, was going to lie down with the, with the, with, with the wolf, like no problem. That's all, that's all only at the time of Olam Abba. The time of Mashiach, everything's going to be the same. So according to Shmuel, Michael and Neymar, what, what can we say? We can't say that the contradiction between the whether the lights are going to be greater or the lights are going to not exist as being Moshe Mashiach and Olam Abba, because according to Shmuel, there's not going to be any great changes in Moshe Mashiach. So Mar says, you're right, either Olam Abba. According to Shmuel, both Sokomar are talking about Olam Abba. Velo kasha, kan machna In the machna shchina, there won't be any lights necessary at all. At all. The Pasuk says that the sun and the moon will be brighter. He's talking about the Machna of Tzadikim, but the light will be required. It says, Hashem says, I put to death and I make live. It says in the same Pasuk, I've wounded and I will heal. So if Hashem could be Machayim, Mesim, Hashem, if he could be Machayim, Mesim, he certainly could heal someone. What's the novelty of the Pasuk after it says he's Machayim, Mesim? Why would it have to say that Hashem could also heal people? I'm going to revive the dead just like I can heal. So in other words, if you have a hard time, you struggle with your faith about Tchiyas HaMesim, so the Pasuk says, don't think that exactly that point. Don't think that I can't be Machai HaMesim. The same way I can, I can heal people in this world, so too, there will be Tchiyas HaMesim. Says a bride, so Maybe it doesn't mean Tchiyas HaMesim. Maybe the Pasuk that says, I'm going to put to death and make live, means two different people. Hashem kills some people and he brings to, to life new people. So the end of the Pasuk says, I wound people and I heal them. Just as healing takes place on the same person who was wounded is then healed so to death and life is the same person the same person that Hashem brings death to Hashem will revive from here is a refutation those who don't believe in should look at this Pasuk it said next to the Pasuk but just as there is the same person so to is the same person another interpretation in the beginning, what I put to death, I'll make live. And then I'll heal them. Meaning to say that what? what when I, let's say somebody died with a wound. Somebody, I don't know, was a lame person. Hashem will be reviving. He'll vie to be lame. And then Hashem will go and, and, and heal him. So the process is going to be first Hashem will resurrect the dead. And then he'll heal them of anything that's left, any issues that they have left. Okay, turning to the Yom base. So then the Mishnah said another thing that is Docha Shabbos is Hector Chalavav. They were Docha Shabbos to bring the Imurim of the Karban Pesach on Shabbos. So Tanya, Amar Shemam, Bo'ure'e Kama Chaviva Mitzvah B'Shaita. Let's observe from here a great idea. Chaviva Mitzvah B'Shaita. That even something that could be done later, it's much better if it's done right away and it's, it, when it could first be done. Why? Shabbos Hector Chalavav Mitzvah Kisherim Kolalayla. Technically, the Imurim can be burned not only during the day, the Imurim can be burned the entire night, right? So why are they being Docha Shabbos to bring the Imurim? What's that? The Imurim are able to be burned the entire night. But we don't wait to burn them only once nightfall comes. We burn them even though it's Shabbos. We're Docha Shabbos to bring the Imurim of the Karban Pesach. What's that? It would be kosher if we waited till after Shabbos as well. The answer is, that it's very important that we take care of things in the, in, in the first time that we can. So therefore... Um, we say the Chaviva Samitzvah B'Shaita is why you burn the Imurim right away. 
with a lot of hak, it might not be the same deem, the same din as reason like demon the mitzvahs. It might be a different type of halacha. It's more of an ikarzman of the is to be burned during the day. If you didn't do it during the day, you could do it at night as well. But maybe if it's the ikarzman, it's a din that it's docha shabbos. Maybe regular reason is not docha shabbos. But chaviva mitzvah b'shaita, to do the mitzvah in its best time, that's even docha shabbos. Okay, now we move on to the machloksim in the Mishnah. Rabbi Lazar and the Rabbanon and Rabbi Akiva disagreed about the Rabbanons that could have been done before Shabbos. If you didn't do them before Shabbos, could you do them on Shabbos? What's an example? Carrying an animal in the Chutz um, carrying it, bringing the Chutz carrying it in the street, or cutting off a wart that it might have, a mum over. So the Gemara says, it's over here, that... Um, that, uh, that, that is also Midrabanon to cut off a, a wart from an animal or a minu. But look at this Mishnah. It says in the Mishnah, in the base of Mikdash, where things are only Midrabanon, so you're allowed to cut off a wart. But Medina, you're not allowed to cut it off in the outside the base of Mikdash. Outside the base of Mikdash, it's also Midrabanon to cut it off. But if you want to use a, not your hands, but you want to use a cleat to remove it, even, even in the base of Mikdash, because it's like shearing. So it's also midara. It sounds like it's also even in the base of mikdash to use a kli. It's like mamash midara But if you if you're just cutting the wart with your hands so in the base of mikdash, it's mutter because because we say ain't shvus by mikdash. There's no isra in cutting off the wart in the, for the animals cut for the carbon. Outside the base of mikdash, it's also midara banner. So what do we see from that mishnah? We see that in the mishnah that in the base of mikdash, stam ain't shvus by mikdash. So you're allowed to cut off a wart that's on a carbon with your hands. So why is our mishnah saying the Tanakam and our mishnah is saying that you cannot cut off the wart of the carbon pasach? You could have done it before. Shabbos. So it's also that Mishnah just seems to say, you're always allowed to cut off the wart. So which one is it? So the Gemara says, one answered as follows. Both our Mishnah and that Mishnah are talking about removing the wart with, with, wart with the hand. But our Mishnah is talking about a very moist wart, one which, is, which, which, is, which, which has some liquid on it. So then it's also to cut it because it's, it's worse because when it has like life to it, so cutting it off with it is, is, is much worse. So where machmer, even cutting it with your hands is forbidden. And that's what our mission didn't allow. The mission there was talking about a dry wart, which is allowed to be removed. A dry wart is not considered to be shearing at all if you, if you um, remove it with your hands. Another one answered, both our mission and the mission in Irvin are talking about a moist wart. The difference is whether you use your hand or use the kli. The mission in Irvin distinguished between using your hand and a kli. So who said that our mission here in Sachem is saying that you're allowed, that you're not allowed to use your hand? Our mission just meant you can't use a kli. But in a chanami, if you want to use your Hand in a chanami, you would be allowed to. So the Gemara asks, and now that we've had two answers, according to the second answer that said, our mission only answered Bakli, my time below Amar Yad, what was wrong with the first answer? Great answer. Both are talking about with your hand, and our mission was answering it if it was moist, and the mission there was allowing it if it was dry. So a dry one just crumbles away. So what if a dry one crumbles away? So if a dry one crumbles away, it should, it, it should be mutter even to use a cleat. So if the Mishnah Erevin says you could use your hands but not a cleat, you can't say it's only talking about a dry one because a dry one should be mutter even to use a cleat. So clearly the Mishnah there is talking about a moist one and it's still letting you use your hands. Ah, so what's proud here in our Mishnah that we don't let you? Must be our Mishnah is talking about with a cleat. Says the Gemara now, what about the other Amor? According to the one that says both the Mishnahites are talking about a hand. That our mission was only answering a moist one. The mission of was only matzah the dry one. My time Why didn't he answer like the other answer that our mission only meant to answer it with a kli? 
So the Mishnah there in Erevin already told us that it's Asr to use a Kli. So we know the Mishnah said even Kli kind of kind of Asr. It's even Asr in the base of Mikdash because it's a Daraisa. So our Mishnah wouldn't have to repeat over here that it's Asr to, to use a Kli to cut off the wart of the animal for the carbon Pesach. So clearly our Mishnah is not going to repeat it, what the Mishnah Erevin already said and say that you can't use a Kli. It must be our Mishnah is talking about using a hand and it's saying it's Asr to use your hand to remove the wart. I, the Mishnah Erevin said you're allowed to use your hand and that's why he answered. Our mission must be talking about a moist one, and that mission was talking about a dry one. V'idach, how does the other Amor respond? If our mission is only answering the Kli, what's the novelty of our Mishnah over the Mishnah in Erevin? Haktani Kli Hacha, Plotis Rebbe Lazar Bishua, Asur You want to know why he's talking about a Kli here? Because it's coming to tell you that Rebbe Yilazar is Mater. Meaning the novelty of our mission is not the Etzim Din, that there's an Isra that it's really Asur to use a Kli to cut off a war. The novelty is that Rebbe Eliezer allows it. Because Rebbe Eliezer holds that even the Machshirim of the carbon, which could have been done before Doha Shabbos. So he would allow you to do it. But in the Chanami, for the Tanakama that does not allow Machshirim, there's no more of a novelty that you can't use a Kli to cut off the war than from the Mishnah and Ervin. You're right, that's true. But the Chiddush of the novelty, why the Mishnah, why here in Psalm we're discussing it again, is because we want to bring out the point that Rabbi Eliezer allows it because he holds Machshirim Ardoches. So to summarize, bottom line is, we've had a Machlokas in the Mishnah, in our Mishnah, if you could use, if you could cut off the wart. Tanakama says, Machshirim Ardoches, you could have done it before Shabbos, so it's not Doches. What's the pshat? It's not doche. I, the Mishnah in Erevin says in the base of Mikdash, you could cut off warts. So with your hand, with your hands, without a kli. So one answer is, yeah, our Mishnah only means you can't use a kli to cut it off. That's one interpretation. The other interpretation is that our Mishnah means even you can't use your hands because the, the Mishnah, the hetzer, the Mishnah in Erevin was only a dry wart, and here we are talking about a moist wart, which is again forbidden. And the issue here is goze shearing, and, and we have to figure out if there's any sense of life, any sense of growing on this wart that we should say it's like gozes if you remove it from the animal's body. Okay, so then Rabbi Eliezer, remember what happened. Rabbi Eliezer made a kavachomer. He said, Shechita, you could be docha. To arises, you could be docha. So certainly you should be able to do docha to Rabbanans. So what did Rabbi Akiva say back? Yeah, but you can't be docha things that could have been done before Shabbos. Rabbi Akiva brought a source. Uh, so Rabbi, uh, Rabbi, I'm sorry, Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yeshua brought a source. What was his source? Anyant, if you're allowed to cook. But you're not allowed to do any machshire ochol nefesh. Anything which could have been done before, before Yantif started. Like let's say you want to build a grill. And let's say it's maybe only also Midrabanan even to build a grill. But you can't be build a grill on Yantif. You could cook on Yantif, but you can't build a grill on Yantif. So, so too here. So what did Rabbi Eliezer say back? How could you bring me a proof? Eating food on Yantif is a rishos. It's not a mitzvah. So there we say machshir manat But here the carbon Pesach is a mitzvah. So if carbon Pesach is a mitzvah, then maybe even machshirim could be doche. That was Rabbi Eliezer's comeback to that. So the Gemara says back, Rabbi Yeshua letameh. Rabbi Yeshua who brought a proof to the carbon Pesach from Ochel Nefesh and Yantif, he is Lishitaso. The Amar, he holds Simchas Yantif Nami Mitzvah. Having food on Yantif, Simchas Yantif, to go eat, like let's say meat, to make a barbecue on Yantif, that's a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah to make sure that you have Simchas Yantif. So if it's a mitzvah and we still see that Machshir Manat Ochel Yantif, only Ochel Nefesh itself, so then that, can, that will now serve as a precedent for the Kabbalah Pesach, that only the Avodah of Pesach itself are Dochel, not Machshir. Where do we see this issue whether whether a simchas yantif is a mitzvah? Tatanir. Belazar, I mean, Allah, the Malabi yantif, Allah, Ochavashosa, Allah, Hushavashona. 
A person has no chiyav on yontif. If he wants to eat or drink, he could, or he could, or he could sit and learn all day. He has an option. On yontif, it's either all for Hashem or all for you. That's Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yeshua says, no, you must divide up the day. Half of the day you use to eat and drink. Half of it is to study Torah. So according to Rabbi Eliezer, there's no chiyav sivchas yontif. That's why he was only calling it a rishos. Rabbi Yeshua holds there is a chiyav of sivchas yontif, so that's why it was a good precedent for the Karma Pasach. Rabbi Yochanan, where does the source come from? For this, for the dispute, they're both looking at the same pasuk. One pasuk says, "The holiday of Atzeres is Hashem Elokecha for Hashem, which is Mashmas for Hashem. You're Oved Hashem. You sit and learn, daven all day. That it's for you, which implies that you enjoy the day, you eat and drink. So which one is it? It's a choice. You have options. Either you learn and, and daven all day, or you eat and drink all day. Rabbi Yeshua Savar, you divide it up. Rabbi Yeshua is Lashitaso and Rabbi Lazar is Lashitaso. Rabbi Lazar holds that it's a Rishos. So there's no Raya that Mashiach Manatocha, what to do with Karpin Pasach about Mashiach. Here, Karpin Pasach is a mitzvah. Rabbi Yeshua is Lashitaso, Simchasyantif is a mitzvah, so it is a good source for Karpin Pasach. Says the Gemara, Amar Rabbi Lazar, Kobaldim Ba'atzaris Bina Namilachem. On the Yantif of Shavuos, everybody agrees that you have to have Simchasyantif. Even Rabbi Lazar agrees. My time, Yom Shinabat Torah, it's the day that the Torah was given. So if you're not going to rejoice on the day the Torah was given, someone will say, it appears that you're not that happy with it. It appears that it's just a burden to you. So on Shavuos, everybody agrees. You have to rejoice. On Shabbos, you have to you have to eat and drink. Why? My time across the Shabbos Onik because there's a din of Onik Shabbos. So Onik Shabbos definitely is requires eating and drinking. Purim, you have to eat and drink. My time. What does the pasuk in the Megillah say? You may simcha days of feasting and rejoicing. So clearly, you see, you have to eat and drink. Says the Gemara. You would fast the whole year. Lavar except for atzeres for Shavuos. Purim and Yom Kippur, Erev Yom Kippur. Ah, it's Erev Yom Shem Torah. Puriyeh may be Mishav Esimcha, except Mal Yom Adikipur and Erev Yom Kippur. The Tani Chiyav Armi Difti. How do we know you have to eat on the Erev Yom Kippur? The Pasuk says, V'nisim Es Nashor Seichem Betisha La'Erev Betisha La'Chodesh. You should afflict yourself on the ninth of the month. So the question is, is it true that you fast on the ninth? You really fast on the tenth. So how could the Pasuk say that the ninth day of the month is Yom Kippur? The Pasuk comes to say, if you eat and drink on the ninth, the Torah will consider it as if you flat fasted for two days. So by eating and drinking on the ninth day and then fasting on the tenth day, it's as if you afflicted yourself for two days. So that's why he would not fast on Erev Yom Kippur as well. Says the Gemara, Yosef Every year on Shavuos, Rav Yosef would say the following statement. He would say, Go get for me the delicacy. Shaks for me a third-born calf, the best, best type. Omar, he would say, Why is Shavuos so special for him? If it wouldn't be for this day, for Shavuos, which made me me a Torah scholar and I have such esteemed status in this world, there's many other people named Yosef out in the world. Why am I special? Why am I Rav Yosef? Why am I living, living the life of, of, of respect and kavod? The Torah says, Because uh, of the Torah. So that's why I want to honor the Torah. Says the Gemara of Shishu Kotos and Yom Hadil Every thirty days, Rishishis review all of his Torah. Vitali Kabayv Eber Tadashi would stand by the the entranceway of the door. For Amar, you would say, Chadai Navshi, Chadai Navshi. Rejoice, my my neshama. Be happy, my neshama. It's for you. I've I've read for you. I've studied. Meaning, I'm doing this all for you, the neshama. So you should enjoy the simcha of reviewing all the studies. So the Gemara now asks. It sounds like he's saying the learning is just for the neshama. The purpose, like he's saying, this is for you. 
Ini, is that true? Torah is so much greater than that. It's what keeps the world going. The heavens and earth wouldn't stand without it. So the Pasuk is saying that the world exists only on Torah. So Rav Sheish says, well, why is he looking at it like a personal benefit for his neshama? That's a very small perspective. It's really much bigger than that. The whole world should be rejoicing. It's, it's, it's a celebration for the world. So the Gemara says, Fascinating answer. It's true that it keeps up the world, but if you want to motivate yourself to learn, then you should motivate yourself for yourself and not worry about necessarily about the world. So I always found this Gemara so interesting because this is Rav Shesha saying it after finishing his whole Torah 30 days. This must be Rav Shesha's not as a little kid. This is Rav Shesha's, Rav Shesha's like the Gemara is saying when he was in Amora. And he's still holding in the time what the Gemara is saying of the Meikara. Who knows when you reach the status, when you start thinking on the global level. Rav Shesha's, even when he was Rav Shesha's, was thinking about it for just how it personally was able to affect him.